Good afternoon, gentlemen. Here's your menus. And welcome to Diner Discussions. This episode has bad words. You are listening to Diner Discussions. One. What's up, everybody? My name's Josh. My name's Aaron. And this is Diner Discussions. Today we have a guest that we've had on before. Here's Meg. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Doing great. You mean Meg. Like, Meg the Meg? We mean the Meg. Like, Meg? The one and only. The one and only. (laughs) (laughs) Three times for emphasis. (laughs) So, how are you? (laughs) Doing good. Caffeinated, hydrated, ready to rock and roll. So, for those of you that are listening, we have done this before. This is, this is not our first rodeo. This is not our second rodeo. This Every, is not yeah. our third rodeo. <laughs> Everything is a lie. <laughs> <laughs> we already know how she's doing. <laughs> we had a little... Um, <laughs> we had a little issue with the uh, SD card. It was my bad. But um, she is a team player and... Uh, I, I think, you know, she hasn't cursed us under her breath too many times since she is the, you know, the witch that lives in Winniewood, according to the local <laughs> legends. I be the witch of the wood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, don't step on her lawn, you'll turn into a toad. <laughs> yeah. Or worse. <laughs> the, I don't know, use your imagination. <laughs> Her whole backyard is just like lost, like soccer balls and stuff, kind of like it's the same lot. You're not far off, <laughs> <laughs> but it's only because I have a dog that um, she just gets bored, so she like drags my shoes outside. <laughs> yeah, so so it's like the sand lot, except for the only things that go missing are your stuff. <laughs> yes, exactly. She's like, take me on a walk. I'm gonna eat your sweat walk. <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. Um, my dog is the most timid dog I've ever met in my life, but every time anyone comes over other than a family member, he, like, freaks out and acts like he's a Rottweiler. <laughs> well, it, it took yeah. him six months to get used to me. He and, still barks at you. Yeah. But, like, he won't bite your hand off now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's a Chihuahua, but he acts like he's a Doberman. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking to say, that sounds like Chihuahua behavior. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because he's, like, the most, like, he lets Lindsay carry him like a baby doll like he'll be on his back and she'll be holding him like a baby walking through the house and he's just like what's up guys like you know this is how i belong the other day was so funny that she she was like had him on her lap he was bundled up like a burrito in a blanket and she was bouncing him and he was asleep (laughs) (laughs) while the tv was going and while she was yelling you know so (laughs) that's amazing he lives an interesting life for sure how does he fare with the cat oh the cat whoops up on him (laughs) (laughs) uh like every once in a while when he's feeling feisty he'll like go try to get you know like (laughs) mess with the cat and ollie which is professor olivander for all of y'all out there (laughs) professor olivander fancy toes allison the third (laughs) marvelous and uh He'll he'll go over into like his territory when he's like chilling, and he'll like you know kind of like duck his head and put his paws out real fast, and the cat will just jump up 
smack him around and then run off. Yeah. And uh, it's hilarious because then he'll yelp and run to <laughs> whoever is closest and jump in their lap. Like, <laughs> like, please save me, even though it's his own fault. So it's pretty funny. It They they don't clown around too much because I think the dog is smart enough to know that he's going to get jacked up. <laughs> Yeah, it only takes a few times for them to get that. <laughs> so our cat is um, the guardian of the doggy door, and we have a giant dog. <laughs> and so the cat will, the dog will be outside, and the cat will lay in front of the doggy door, and the big dog that weighs like eighty more pounds than him <laughs> will like stick his head in, and the cat like he won't come in because the cat's in the way and he's scared of it. So, you know. <laughs> That's so funny. They like, learn quickly. Every time my mom comes over, she has Boomer, which is like a golden retriever. And, uh, you know, my the other dog is is a lot smaller. He's a little bit bigger than Milo, but he's super fat. And uh, he just chills in mom's lap. <laughs> but the golden retriever <laughs> will sit about three foot away from my cat and just stare at him the entire time he's here. <laughs> like, he does not understand what that thing is. And he's just, like, freaking out. And... uh <laughs> Like, he won't take his eyes off. When you say, Boomer, he'll kind of, like, look at you, but, like, also have his eyes on the cat. Like, you know, kind of <laughs> tilt his head, like, uh, you know, I'm not I'm not taking my eyes off that beast. <laughs> <laughs> so, when when um my cousin had stairs, and they had a big, uh, I think it was a pit, and um, they had a cat inside, and so, like, when it was cold, they'd bring it in, and he would hang out in the house or when it was too hot or whatever, you know, when they got home and he was um, scared to go upstairs to the bedroom. If the cat was on the stairs, he would just sit at the bottom and they'd be like, come on, come on. And he would just look at him like, uh, 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 <laughs> terrified. It's funny that when they start ruling the roots, yeah. they're like, this is my house and you all just live here because I allow it. Yeah. Cats are like that. I think honestly, I don't think there's a cat in existence that doesn't think they own the human's home. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Yeah. Our cat, he has it pretty easy. Um, I told him yesterday not to work too hard because he, he only took two naps instead of 15. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I said, you're overexerting yourself. <laughs> but, yeah, he uh, has figured out that if he headbutts the bottom of my door and it's not locked, it'll just pop off the hinge. Like, I mean, pop off the, you know, like where the latch is. And he can come in my door as he pleases. And so now... I'll, you know, I'll close the door, like, crawl in bed, or, like, if I'm laying there, and it's, like, 5 o'clock in the morning, Megan gets up and goes, and she shuts the door, and he'll just, you'll hear, thud, and then he'll, and here comes the cat. (laughs) And he just comes to look out the back window, and then when he's done, he'll open the door again with his little paw, and then walk out. Like he owns the house. It's so bizarre. Animals are so and they smart. Never close the door behind. No, them, of course not. They don't no. care. It's an you know an obstacle that's in their way, and that's all they care about is getting it out. <laughs> I love cats so much. Um, Megan was against cats. My wife, um, she was like, no cats. Um, I only know dogs. I'm not familiar with cats. Never owned one. So I always own cats and like i love dogs but not as much as cats if that makes sense because i'm allergic to dogs and so she had a chihuahua and 
to me, that was plenty of animal to have in my home. (laughs) (laughs) With three kids, one dog is a lot of work, you know. So she sees an ad on Facebook. It's like 830 at night. Next thing I know, we got a cat in our house. (laughs) 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 And what's funny is she fell in love with it. And uh, but because she was working and going to school last year, she wasn't home. And I was more than her. And so, like, on weekends, the cat became my cat, even though I didn't want it. (laughs) That's exactly what has happened with every cat we've ever had. (laughs) Yeah, Megan's like, we got to get another cat, so this one will love me. And I'm like, no, because then I'll just have two cats that love me, and then you'll want another one. (laughs) Yeah, that is... Have you been listening inside my home? Being <laughs> conversation all the time. I'm like, we're getting a cat, and you're not allowed to love it. Yeah. At she's, all. Found, <laughs> she's found the microphones. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, it's so funny. Um, yeah, my, the microphones we planted. <laughs> <laughs> that was the government. I left my- <laughs> <laughs> you know, I feel like they have better things to do. <laughs> You know, out of all the people I know, though, you're the one that would be on a list for, you know, <laughs> you know? saying oh, something, like revealing a secret that they didn't want anybody to know. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, you know, so. we thought we were getting away with it, but Meg has exposed us again. <laughs> yeah, and it's going to be her. after I, like, fall deep down a Reddit, Reddit, Reddit rabbit hole. Um, and it started off with like ducks in a pond, yeah. <laughs> like government secrets, you know. I do that with YouTube all the time. It's like, first, it's like, um, you know, recruiting for OU, and then it's like, oh, there's a, a new microphone on the market that will, you know, help your podcast. And then it's like, there's cupcakes, yeah, no, then it's like, <laughs> there's, there's, you know, what's coming next for Marvel, and then it's like, how did I end up at like, <laughs> you know, like the seedy part of YouTube where they're talking about down the rabbit hole, of like certain, you know, government conspiracies, like the guy that's pretty much built a world inside the computer because he's autistic and, you know, <laughs> he programmed everything and has never, you know, been to a class or anything. Lawnmower man. <laughs> Basically, like that guy, I can't remember his name, but he's been working on this game for like 17 years or something. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh. It was, no, I forget the dude's name, but it was like an operating system, wasn't it? Uh, no, it's like a, this one's a video game, but um, it's, what game is it? oh, I can't tell you. Like, it's not, he's never released it. Yeah. He's just continuously tweaking and making it better and I releases thought, like little bits of it, like video footage of it. But yeah. I, thought, I thought you were talking about that Sermon OS. No, yeah. but he's, he talks about how, because he has autism, his brain just works differently and he can he can see code like you know and that's crazy <laughs> it's awesome yeah but yeah like i get into stuff like that and i'm just like wait how did i how did this become a recommended now <laughs> you know <laughs> and then my kids use my youtube on the computer i mean on the um tv and it'll be like you know all this stuff and then be like government secrets it's like here here's the history of queen nefertiti and then it's like Here's a here's how to make a JoJo bow. <laughs> LOL surprise doll. Five thousand opened in two minutes. La la loopsie. <laughs> but it's so weird how, you know, you can start somewhere 
you know, innocently and end up at some random things. Well, I mean, it makes me want to know how to make an algorithm. Yeah. Like, how are they creating these things like, that are sucking you in? Oh, I mean, because that's the goal. Yeah. Like, the goal is always profit, but it's to suck you in so that you have to, you want to watch more and more and more, and they can get ads in front of you. And, like, I want to know how they found out how to make yeah. that a thing. <laughs> well, and how can it be completely accurate and at the same time not at all? You know, like... Yes. You'll get videos and you're recommended that's like stuff that you would have searched had you thought of it. But then also yeah. stuff that you're like way out in left field. Yeah. Well and a lot of times I'm like, Man, I don't wanna watch this stupid video, but then like I'll it'll autoplay or something one time and I'm like That was me. I didn't realize that I liked that kind of stuff. <laughs> How did they know? Yeah. <laughs> well it's crazy. Um I have a family member, I won't out them for which one it is, but like they preach against Facebook for that kind of thing. Yeah. But yet they're on Facebook for two, three, four hours at a time. Yeah. And, you know, it's ridiculous that, you know, we freely give Facebook, you know, access to us. That way they learn us. And then, you know, we can't get off of it. And we're mad at them for that, you know? Yeah. Well, no, I know exactly what you mean. That's kind of where I was. I did like a big friendship dump basically on Facebook. Um, so for anybody listening that we're not Facebook friends anymore, it's nothing personal, I promise. <laughs> I just like felt really uncomfortable with having, I mean, I have like a, a thousand, between a thousand and twelve hundred friends. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's way too many people. Yeah. Like I'm giving free access to my life. Yeah. And so I was like, I'm not comfortable with this. So I believe like 600 to 800 people. And then... <laughs> Now I find myself, it's almost like a, the next step of that mindset. I, that sounds way fancier than I'm intending it to be. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> like, now I'll, like, want to put something on Facebook. And sometimes I'll even type it all the way out and I'll just delete it because I'm like, why is my first impulse yeah. to put this online? Why? And it's kind of freaking me out a little bit. Like, <laughs> why are we all so conditioned to just do that? Like, shout, yeah, shout out our opinions, even though, like, they, I mean, nobody has a completely unique viewpoint on life. Like, any, like, if you go to, say, okay, go to your favorite YouTube video or your YouTube creator, watch a video, think of a response to that video, then scroll down, and I guarantee you, you're going to find somebody that's already said it. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And it's just so funny how not only are we conditioned to, like, tell people our opinions, but that they're not as unique as we think they are, which is so weird. Like, you want to believe that you're special, you know, and that you – and and to a certain extent, you are, like, as far as, like, you bring something different to the table. But, I mean, somebody's already said everything that you're going to say for the most part. There's some exceptions. Right. You know. There's some Elon Musk out there. <laughs> Elon Musk didn't do anything for himself either. Yeah, but you know what I mean. He he's very good at overpromising. So, <laughs> like something that nobody else would say. It's like, yeah, we're gonna do this. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> so his engineers are probably at home going, "Gosh, dang it! Like, shut the hell up, Elon. <laughs> That's not you know for another ten years, and you're telling them we're gonna do it in May." <laughs> We can't put flamethrowers on the super truck. Yeah. 
it, it <laughs> I love stuff like that when it's like we didn't ask if we should do it. We just tried to figure out if we could do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, um that's all that's how all the bad sci fi movies begin. Yeah. Like, yeah. And well, like the world's biggest yarn ball. Is- <laughs> yeah. Well, um speaking of like giving people free access, um, it's really weird because you know, you think you're shouting into the void when you post something and then like I'll go get my haircut and the ladies will be like, so, uh, you know, they'll ask me a question about a post that I made. And I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> this is, like, yeah. weird. Well, and that goes back to what y'all were saying about having too many friends on there. Yeah. You know, there's a level of friendship, but then there's an acquaintance, you know. Yeah. And, you know, talking to an acquaintance like you would a friend is just different altogether, yeah. I think. You know? Yeah. Oh, for sure. I also have, like, um have learned that since we started the business you know the wandering gypsy designs like having separating myself from how i feel about things and facts and so um i've really had to relearn that process like i've always known that like personally like if i'm talking to someone like megan have have you ever like no known me to be like super controversial or like talk about super personal things like you know what i mean like or like hot topic yeah like hot button topics or anything (laughs) yeah so like personally i've always done that but you know i look back at my i look back all my memories on facebook and i cringe almost every time from like 10 years ago (laughs) till now is completely different yeah yeah like going to ada who wants to hang out y'all you know or like um or well the more cringy one is like in the a with some homies hit up the crew if you want to hang out and i'm like i didn't even talk like that so why did i type that out and think that that was a good idea that's the beauty in um having it like an old facebook i've only had two you know some people have like 15 but i've only had two um and most of my old stuff is on the old Facebook now. I don't even know what email that's attached to now. So that's really refreshing. I don't have to constantly like live. In that <laughs> yeah. The Facebook so. memories things, a curse and a blessing all the same time. <laughs> yeah. I seen a TikTok the other day that cracked me up and it was like, if you got your dream job, would you be embarrassed if, all they had to go off of was your old MySpace page. <laughs> yes. Oh, God. Yes. <laughs> and that was yeah. such a weird, unique time in our lives and in the world. Like, it was so different. You could be, it was still where you could be anonymous online. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you could post, you could say that you had a six pack and that you were seven foot tall. And there was very little people that would ever know any difference. And now it's like, you know, if I say anything. You get called out for your bullshit. <laughs> well, yeah, John, <laughs> Josh does this constantly. Well, He's always talking about, like, yeah, I rode a horse in the town today. And people are like, no, you didn't. <laughs> it, it, my views have got a lot less controversial in the past, you know, while. Yeah. So the honorary stuff, I'll still do till the day I die. But, like, the controversial <laughs> stuff, you know. Well. If you haven't noticed, Josh is kind of um, 
become more open-minded since we started this whole project, I think. And I think it's helped me with my social anxiety. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, because, you know, I mean, I think me and you have a lot of um, commonalities as far as that goes. Um, We, well, I don't know. I don't know how you viewed yourself in high school, but for me, well, I mean, like, as far as, like, either being, like, you know, able to talk and being outgoing, like, you came off as very outgoing, like, when we were younger, you know, and you were a cheerleader and all this stuff. And, um, like, if someone didn't know me and you, they would think that we never had social anxiety because, you know, I ran around with the popular kids, was you know, in all the things, was a jock, you know, all this stuff. And uh, wasn't me at all. You know, I mean, like, like if you get down to the nitty-gritty, like, I have comic books, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I, I, I'm i super nerdy, but I love basketball. I love football. Um, so I don't fit any mold. But um, I, everybody, they would always say that to me when they first met me versus when I finally started really talking to them is their first comment was, man, I thought you were, like, super outgoing. It's like, no, I'm extremely shy. <laughs> I don't know. It's almost like you overcompensate with, like, I don't know, friendliness. Yeah. Like, I'm speaking from my own experience yeah. because, yeah, I mean, I could get up and kind of talk in front of somebody, yeah. but, like, I was worried for, like, the next six days about what I said and how I said it and, yeah. you know. Yeah. Like, I'll tell you how bad it is, okay? I have so bad social anxiety that when I go to Walmart, I will only go through the self-checkout, and it still makes me nervous that there's a camera in my face. (laughs) (laughs) Or someone comes and stands behind you, and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm not fast enough for this. Yeah, or like, well, my thing is always weird. It's always like, I'm not stealing. Like, I don't know why, but every time they're like standing near me, I'm like, because, you know, I don't, ha- like, not, the light's not on. I'm not, look like I'm struggling, and they're still, like, looking at me. <laughs> I'm like, I promise I scanned all of these items. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on camera. You okay, can check me. You, there's a point to this. Were, were you still in school when the thing with the penny and the helicopter happened? What now? The penny and the helicopter. <laughs> we had, like, an airy that helicopter come to school. And someone super glued a penny to it. Oh, no, no, no. What? Okay, that must have been my senior year. Yeah. Um, I, I won't say, you know, I won't name any names. Yeah. But <laughs> we all into the safe room. And, like, we're basically like, you cannot leave this room until we find out. Like, that throws off the aerodynamics of the helicopter. Oh, no. <laughs> like, that's a crime. You can't do that. And so I'm sitting there. Knowing full well that I have not a penny nor super glue, <laughs> and I'm going, oh my god, did I do that? Oh my god, am I guilty? <laughs> like, no. Who even comes? Who uh, even comes prepared to do anything like that? Yeah. You, know? <laughs> you wouldn't be surprised if you knew. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say I could probably narrow it down to about four people from your class. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was the usual suspects too. Oh so, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, for sure. what cracks me up is like. You know, okay, so when that situation happens where there's somebody who's like, I know one of you in this room did it, we're not leaving, um, I would not even have thought those thoughts. I would have not even have done anything wrong. And my first reaction is, 
okay, now you have to look like you're you're not guilty. So then you yeah. overcompensate and you're like, smile. And then you're like, you smile and you smile super weirdly like you've never smiled before. And you're like, oh, God, that was the worst idea. You should have not smiled. And, you know, I'm like, like, don't make eye contact. But then if you're not making eye contact, you're going to look guilty. So make extreme eye contact and then make them nervous. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and so, like, these thoughts go through my head and I'm just, like, sweating. And then the person that done it, you know, they're sitting over there like they don't care. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just freaking out. In that situation, yeah. I'd probably That's be the like, ang- sorry, go ahead. No, 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 you go ahead. In that kind of situation, I'd probably be like the aggressive, like, no, I promise you I did not like do Like getting you know? mad yeah. <laughs> and then look guilty that way. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, I um that's how I always feel like if I'm driving and there's a police officer mm-hmm. behind me. Every time. Not that I'm a, I'm a, you know, not to see my own horn, but I'm a wonderful driver. Yeah. But I'm always like, oh my gosh, like I, now I'm nervous. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I'm gonna look nervous. Oh my god, they're gonna pull me over and be like, why are you <laughs> acting suspiciously? And I'm gonna go, yes. Like, that's not an answer to that question. Yeah. And then I'm gonna, you know, then I'm gonna go to prison for 20 years. Which oh, is ridiculous. But <laughs> yeah, Megan tells me that I'm gonna get shot one day because. <laughs> When they when they start walking up to the the car, my blood pressure skyrockets because I'm scared because I'm just you know I'm always thinking of the worst case scenario. So then I become jerky with my motions and I shake, yeah. and so it looks like I'm like tweaking. <laughs> and so Megan's like, she goes, "Babe, they're gonna think you're trying to pull a gun out because you look nervous. You're sweating. You're like making really fast movements to like." to get to the love compartment, like he's going to just shoot you. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh Lord, you know, like, I <laughs> so the whole time, yeah, like, one plan. Oh, sorry. no, I was just saying the whole time I'm sitting there thinking, okay, don't act stupid. Don't <laughs> act stupid. <laughs> My number one plan is to just scream. <laughs> yeah. You could like, um, over prepare and like put your hands out the window and, you know, toss your keys <laughs> on the sidewalk. Like, I just feel like. <laughs> then they're like, wait, what did she do? She's already feeling guilty enough to like almost get arrested. Exactly. It's a, Ma'am, it's step a out. We're going to search the car. Yeah. <laughs> you just get down and get on your face and put your hands behind your back. They're like, we just work. In the back of the car. We're just going to tell you your left tire is a little low. <laughs> <laughs> but now we're you know nervous we're gonna search your car yeah. and get the drug dogs over here <laughs> yeah yeah it's funny how social anxiety works and anxiety uh it's a new ball game and um for me because i i think i've always had a level of anxiety but since covid i think it's become crippling at times and i had to our sponsor um, well, you, they, um, they have a pulse ox, like finger reader and I have to put it, it on there because, you know, I had a GI bleed and my heart rate was really high and it scared me cause I couldn't breathe. And, um, so now I put it on there and my heart rate's like, you know, my resting heart rate's like 50. So if it's like 65 to 80, I'm like, you're okay. You know, I have to tell myself that and show myself so I'll calm down. But that's become a tool in my toolbox to finally not have to feel, you know, crazy. Like, cause used to it lasts for like three hours and now it's like 30 minutes. Yeah. So 
That's awesome that you have that though, because it's, I mean, grounding like that when you're really anxious is so important Mm -hmm. because especially when you're like, Oh my God, I'm having a medical emergency and I'm going to die. That was me when I got my first COVID vaccine. Yeah. I was like, "Mm, 15 minutes. I kind of feel a little lightheaded and my tongue feels like it's going numb and I can't breathe. And Oh my God, I'm having a panic attack. (laughs) not having anaphylaxis. Yeah, well, ever since I had COVID, literally any time I feel a little weird, my first thought is I'm dying. Um, because you know I had a I was bleeding and had COVID at the same time. Like I had oh a GI bleed. So then I was in the hospital in October, and um, so since then, it's always been like I don't feel normal. Something's wrong, and it's like I'm going to die. Yeah, I'm gonna die, or I'm going to be in the hospital. And like my kids are not gonna have a dad, like, and that's all subconscious. And people think that you know, well, if you don't psych yourself out, you'll be all right. Or if you just tell yourself, "Oh, I'm fine," it, and it doesn't work that way. It's all like your brain is basically like, "I need to survive," so I'm going into autopilot. Yes, because absolutely, I did a deep dive because you know I have to know things. That's how I feel better is when I like if I have a symptom, I have to look up all the things it could be and then narrow it down, you know, whatever. Or if like, you know, I have a pain, I'm like, I want to know why my receptors work that way. So like, I'll look it up. Um, but you know, like I realize that there's now that there's a difference between anxiety attacks and panic attacks, you know, anxiety attacks, you can, your heart rate's not elevated all the time. Like it can be normal and you're still like, you feel this impending doom You know, you can't breathe, but you're not hyperventilating. Like, you just feel like you can't breathe. Um, It's basically your brain, like, saying, you're going to die, but literally you have nothing. Like, nobody could tell. Right. And I didn't realize that panic attacks are, like, the opposite. You know, it's like your heart rate spikes. You know, your blood pressure can go up. You know, you you can hyperventilate. You know, all all these different things. Um that's what I thought anxiety attacks were. I was like, I'm not like that. But, you know, doing more dick, you know, deep diving, it was just like, oh, yeah, well, this makes sense, and this is why I'm, a, I'm that way. So now I know when I'm having them, and I know I'm going to live. You know, I, anxiety attack has never killed anyone. Right. So, and I know that you've suffered with some of that. Do you, do you want to talk about that? Oh, yeah. For sure. Um, <laughs> gosh, I mean, I had I had trouble leaving the house just a couple of weeks ago. Um, I, our dogs had escaped and caused some trouble in the neighborhood, and I had to like we have we're a one car family, so like I had to find a way up here from work. I live up up the hill um, from the library, and so I had to find a way down here, and it was just really overwhelming for like first thing in the morning um and so like with throughout the week i was unable to leave the house knowing that my dogs had access to the backyard mm. um thankfully they're trained so it's and they have plenty of space to like be when i'm at work um even though like i felt bad because they like to be in the yard you know but yeah. um and I, I didn't understand why like it was making me sick like to my stomach and yeah. i was crying and I literally could not make my feet move. And um, 
I thought about it for a while because I'm trying to really work through stuff like that mm-hmm. um, now that I'm older. <laughs> and turns out it reminded me of a really traumatic incident um, that I went through a few years ago. And it was, it also involved like hectic things happening in the neighborhood. And yeah. I won't go into all the details, but like it was trauma. Like the mm-hmm. reason I was so upset was trauma and I'm feeling like the older I get the more that I realize that a lot of my a lot of the way I deal with things are holdovers from unresolved trauma you know absolutely and I think that a lot of people don't work like when you're doing self-improvement work I think a lot of people don't work from that starting point i know i didn't for a really long time yeah Um, but it's made me feel like it's made me take another look at like where my anxiety comes from and even like depression and anger and all of this stuff Mm -hmm. yeah it's kind of like a therapist said whenever i went to go see them after johnny's passing they said you know if your arm's hurting you exercise your arm if your leg's hurting you exercise your leg and if your brain's hurting you need to exercise your brain because, you know, it's a muscle just like the rest of you. And, you know, it's become kind of taboo to get therapy over that kind of stuff or get therapy at all. But, I mean, it's just as vital as any other kind of therapy, I think. So, I agree 100%. I'm a big proponent of therapy for everyone. Yeah. Throw it like candy. Everyone gets therapy. <laughs> <laughs> like the Oprah show. <laughs> But yeah, um, one of the big things with me was uh, just like the judgment of it. Um, mm-hmm. I had to get over that. Like, you know, you're you're burying your heart in that person. Like, if the person has a kind face and looks at me like they're listening and you know they're not judging me, I'm good. Had a lady my senior year after my sister died, and um, she would like kind of like squint her eyes when she looked at me. And, um, that was like a big, like deal for me that kind of made me turned off towards the whole thing because it was like constant judgment, even if she wasn't. But then I would, I would, I told her, you know, this belief I had about how, you know, religion's putting God in a box and all that stuff that we've kind of touched on before. And, um, she was like, well, I don't think that's really how it works. Oh, cool. And I was like, thank you for dismissing me. Yeah. And I was like, so, like, you just, like, I, you didn't have to validate what I was saying, but the fact that you just did the opposite of that and kind of called me out on it makes me not want to open up. Because, you know, I'm here because I know I have issues and I'm talking about them the best way I know how. And you're telling me, oh, yeah, you're not right. It's like I'm not trying to <laughs> ask you if I'm right or wrong. I'm telling you how I feel about this. This should never have been brought up. But so after I went to a different counselor, you know, and then I got sent to Dallas for a, like, a, I think it was like three days. It felt like a week. But um, it was a program down there. I think we talked about it on our last podcast with you. But um, anyways, after that, I felt like I could finally find people like I realized that everyone is damaged. It's just the way life works. You don't come out a hundred percent innocent. And, um, when you talk about it and you don't hold it in, you learn from those experiences 
instead of being stunted or like, you know, like, um, kind of like a mutation, you know, of yourself and beautiful things grow from damaged trees, you know, like you can see a tree that has half of its limbs gone and it's got the most beautiful like foliage, you know? So yeah, it doesn't, you don't have to be a hundred percent normal because that makes you boring. And if we don't talk about our problems, then, you know, our problems become us. And that's not how it's supposed to be. Yeah. And I really think that, like, (laughs) this is going to sound crazy, but a lot of things I say do look like. I really think that, like, I, in the long run, benefited (laughs) from like the difficult time I had in high school surrounding everyone knowing about my mental health issues. Um, while at the time it was the worst, (laughs) I mean, absolutely the worst, the worst. Um, I wouldn't wish that on anyone. Um, I know that other people like had other things going, you know, going on that were to the outside world way worse than what I was going through. But like, I think I really have benefited from it because like what can be said about me that are, hasn't already been said, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. what, what can people make fun of me for that? I haven't already like heard like it's old and it's tired. <laughs> like yeah. It doesn't affect me as much, which I mean, not that I'm glad that it happened, but I, I can now talk about my mental health struggles so freely Um, and not really care what anybody thinks about it because I know we all have stuff. We all do, and no one can tell me that they are 100% healthy of mind all of the time. I think the podcast has allowed me and Josh to kind of do that. I think Josh, and I'm not speaking for him, but just like viewing him from this side of the mic, um, he's become more comfortable with being vulnerable. You know what I mean? Like, like as far as like it it just now we don't even think about it and we just like start sharing things like you know before we started this i don't think i would have we would have talked like if you had lost your sister before we started i don't think we would have freely talked about stuff like that i think it wouldn't have happened and now it's just like you don't even think about it and you start talking about your sister you know and i think that's beautiful like we've become not transparent but like accessible Yeah. yeah and i think that that has allowed people that listen to us and that talk to us to feel like they can share because we kind of take it on and we're like, we're an open book. Yeah. So it's okay to talk, you know, like we're not judging you because look at us, like we're flawed (laughs) in every way, but you know, um, so Josh, as far as like mental health and stuff, do you think that because of COVID, you've been able to like self-reflect more than you would have if it would just been a normal year. Yeah. Um, I think I've definitely learned to slow down and, you know, think more about what I was going to say instead of just, you know, spouting it out there like I used to do. (laughs) Um, I think, you know, um, definitely. Um, I, I think, um, Oh, I lost it. Oh, well. That's my train of thought. Yeah, I mean, do you think, Meg, that it's been like that for you, too? Like, this has been one of the most, like, I feel like as a country and maybe even a world, we've had to self-reflect more this year than, or last year, than we've ever had to do. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and I think that, like, there's something um, kind of like, like a, a lot has been brought to light, if that makes sense. Like, this thing has illuminated some deep problems in not only our country, but in the world. And I think about a lot, a lot of the ways that people treat themselves, yeah. you know, because for some people not, you know, I'm well aware that there are a lot of people that have not slowed down much at all, yeah. you know, since last summer. Um, but for a lot of people, it was like, Oh, Oh, I'm with myself now. <laughs> I don't like this. Cause I know I used to be the same way. Like I really didn't like being alone because I wasn't too fond of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't want to spend all that time just with me. And I think a lot of people have kind of had to. Um, and I, I think that we all have kind of taken a, another look at what our life is like, unless you just chose the escapism route, which yeah. I'm sure happened a lot to you. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think therapy, like people have, it's become a different thing. Like I think a lot of people like us have picked up microphones or started a TikTok or, you know, all these healthier af- uh, like avenues than ever before. I feel like as far as creativity goes, this has been the most like year where things have just become like everybody has tapped into that creative like vibe that they thought they could never have time for or whatever. And like people started talking again and I've noticed you know, and I don't know how political you want to get, but I've noticed that since we've changed hands as a country, it's become, like Josh said last episode, a healing process where people are okay to speak because you're not going to get, like, crucified as easily as you would have because, you know, the president was allowing that kind of thing. And um, the hatefulness, and I, it's always going to be there, but I'm saying, like, as far as, like, this year, 2021, I've noticed that like it's safe to come outside and be like i love you you know again and it's not i don't know it's just one of those things that if we can carry this forward and not forget because you know 2001 when the planes hit that was the like after that happened when the world trade center went down was the closest to like united i think our country has been in a long time absolutely i mean everybody talked freely everybody you know went to church or went to like you know tell their brother or sister they hadn't talked to in years i love you i'm sorry like it was like this time where like everybody kind of came into terms with death and not being around and life is not infinite and um you know it was one of those beautiful moments in history where you know, like people talked freely and I think that hopefully we carry it on, but you know, we're human and a lot of times we forget easily. Well, it's kind of funny that you were talking about people getting drawn closer to church, um, back then, which is true. I believe, um, I was on Reddit the other day and I was reading this post where they were talking about, you know, pulling away a church where science has become more important than church now, just about, and, um, you know, they were talking about, like, you don't go to listen to a man talk about how you can pay him 10% to go to heaven or, you know, whatever. And 
I don't know. What What do you think about that? Or what do y'all think about that? I'll let you go first, Meg. <laughs> um, like about just like the evolution of the church? Well, no. Well, how no. it's been like a mass exodus from the traditional standard of what religion Ooh. has been yeah, it seems versus like, yeah. like yeah. what it is right now. It's definitely elevated this past year. Yeah, and I've also seen like, I mean, I've also seen a lot of um, not necessarily individual churches, but yes, to some extent, but like um, larger governing bodies um, instead of going more the compassion route have gone more the nationalistic route mm-hmm. which um, is sad. And that is terrifying to me i'm not sure if you um have seen this this story in the news but um beth moore just left left the southern baptist convention yeah um which is huge you know yeah. last way um published her stuff forever yeah. and i i never thought that like something that big would really happen, I guess. And so to me, you know, being outside of that sphere, um, it was really surprising to see like, oh, like this divide goes bigger <laughs> than I thought it would be, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and you really can't, I mean, you really can't talk about entire, even entire like religious governing bodies now, um, as like in the same cloth, yeah. you know, because clearly there are so many people with differing opinions within those bodies of um, worship. So it's um, I think you know I talked to Andy Davidson the other day. Um, I had lunch with him, and it's it was kind of a refreshing like like I don't know like a kind of shot in the arm because talk about a man who has every right to kind of like jump on the bandwagon of these other churches in Paul's Valley and like become that, you know, like what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And because yeah. it's easier to win that crowd because, you know, they really. It's kind of the trendy thing right now. Yeah. Well, and the Kool-Aid, I mean, is very, very potent. And um, but amidst all that, he still has joy and he like, he renamed the church compassion church, you know, like he's going with that route. He's um, like talking to me. He's like, he wants to be a venue, not just a Christian venue, but a venue so people can come and play music and, and come in and drink coffee. And he wants to like open up, you know, on the weekends or something. And um, it's just beautiful to see like a person that really loves people and is not the status quo or the stereotype. Um, and I, I mean, I'm not saying that he's the only one. I know several people that are like that. And, but it's just, it's because like we were talking about off mic, um, politics has become the new religion. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand because those two things are very different. Um, as far, I mean, they're the law alike, but you know what I mean? Like they're supposed to be separately, like separate, right. you know, um, because like, you know, if you read the Bible, Jesus, you know, was not against the government, but man's law are not God's law. And so, right. you know, which is weird because I feel like a lot of the people that are the loudest about, you know, beating people with the Bible are the ones that haven't read it the most, right. <laughs> right. but, um, yeah. 
I come from a weird spot because, you know, my dad's a preacher. I was raised in the church, but I was surrounded by love. And so I think that's where I differ. And I kind of got burnt out on the whole legalistic side of things. Um, the country club for old Christian white men and women. And, um, yes. you know, it was it really was that way. If you were not from that town or that community and you walked into church, every head turned around and stared at you. Um, or if you belong to any other local church. Yeah. And it's like you know, became like a gang war type thing. Um, and drive by baptisms. (laughs) But, um, it's nice to see that there are people out there that are trying to make a difference and trying to, you know, show that, Hey, you know, we're not all alike and that there are differences of opinion. And the one thing that Andy impressed the crap out of me, you know, he said that, um, he doesn't want church folk to come to church. He said, Church folk already going to church. They, you know, they already are about that. He said he wants people that that have different opinions. He wants, you know, like he doesn't care if you're gay, straight, or you know, if you are in love with toasters. He wants, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, he he just loves people and yeah. like watching him talk and get passionate, like kind of lit a fire in me because that's our whole mission statement. Absolutely. You know, as diner discussions is people have a story. It doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter, you know, how tall or short or if you're ugly or, you know, if you're pretty like yeah. me and Josh. <laughs> no, but seriously, it's it's been kind of the whole point behind yeah. this is that the art of discussion was lost for the last four years and more. But, like, specifically in the last four years, a lot of people have been talking, but no one's been listening. Yeah. And I feel like if if we die tomorrow – I feel like we made a tiny little dent in, you know, the whole, like, listen to people and what they have to say. Right. And, and I mean, is that how you feel, Josh? Absolutely. I do feel like that. It's definitely felt like uh, people um, have said that we've kind of had an impact on them because of, like, different episodes. They, you know, like the Alan Sam one, you mm-hmm. know, um, a woman that cleans here in town said, you know, I would have never thought of any of the stuff that y'all said or yeah. asked or, you know. She said that it definitely touched me, you know, that y'all even talk to someone like that because, you know, around here you wouldn't be able to or yeah. you wouldn't know it. Or Well, and it was funny because we were so nervous to talk to them and um, not because of anything, but just because we're so rooted in yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, ma'am, you know, no, sir. And, um, and that's just to us, that's respect. And so... By being respectful in our traditional sense, the way we were raised can be not, I mean, I don't think they would have cared, but no. it could have been seen as offensive. And we were more conscious about it than they the, were. Yeah. She's, or right. They said, you know, if it happens, just, you know, don't correct it. Just move on. She yeah. Said, because when you draw attention to it is when it's embarrassing. Yeah. And yeah, and then we met Half Eaten Pancake, which is another person. Oh, dude, Half Eaten Pancake! If, if you don't know about her, uh, get on Twitch. She's a completely, or they're a completely different animal. Yeah, you know. Uh, and they've really taught. You know, I think Josh had a conversa- conversation with them, and it was like, um, he he like he disclosed to me that you know it was, it was something that he he was kind of not skeptical about, but didn't know a lot. And then when right. he talked to them, they kind of shed this new light on this whole new perspective of, you know, 
people are people and it doesn't matter what they identify as because it literally doesn't change me or you, yeah. you know, like, right. Whatever makes them feel comfortable is fine. Right. And, and why- I think that's a lot. People miss that, especially surrounding, um, gender identity stuff yeah. a lot, a lot. And it's kind of like, I, I just, people, people are so scared of things that they don't understand. Yeah, exactly. Um, which is not a good excuse and for change. some of the things that I've yeah. seen and heard, you know. But, like, to me, where I get hung up is, like, the vitriol behind it. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, I don't understand why you are that angry uh-uh. that yeah. people exist and would like to be happier with the skin they were born in or the mind they were born in. Like, it literally I has mean, no effect on you. Right. No, and we've had, you know, concepts of things like tomboys yeah. forever. You know, it just, it's all very similar. And well, I just don't, I don't understand putting anything in a box like that, you know. Yeah. And, and for a long time, it was, you know, the quality of races. And then it became all about who you love. And now I don't understand why it can't just be about whatever you identify as. It doesn't hurt anyone. No. And I think that's the funny thing is like, um, why do we have to have the distinct, like when you're talking about an African American person, why can't you be like, you know, yeah. Uh, Jeremy down the street. Why does it have to be? Oh yeah. That black guy, you know, on the street. Like I don't, I've never, I've never like, it's I don't know. It's like a red flag to me, you know, like race. But mm-hmm. but then again, it's like why when you're talking about like somebody and you're you know why as a human why are we like oh yeah she da 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 da, da instead of saying you know they, they why is that not the norm to be like they like yeah I don't unless you're specifically trying to point to someone and it makes it a little hard sometimes when you're trying to be super kind and you're talking to your kids and you're like yeah the guy over there. And they're all wearing the same shirt. Right. Like right. <laughs> to me, I'm like, yeah, the guy with the curlier, curly black hair, <laughs> you know, because there's like five dudes standing there, but I love it because my children don't refer to skin color. They don't refer and they don't, you know, and, and we were pancake reached out to me and they said, um, that they were watching our live. We were on Twitch and my kids were streaming with me and, um, you know, they posted like a comment and my son said, she, he goes, Oh, I, you know, or I love her. And I said, you know, they identify as a, they, and without question, he was just like, okay, they, you know, and the next time he referred to him, it was do they like this, da, 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 you know, and it never, like, it occurred to me that that like uncomfortableness and that like hatefulness of like I'm not gonna say that comes when you're older. Well, and you also yeah. got it's a learned trait. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I was just about to say. Yeah, you know, being trained to say something 36 years or whatever. Yeah, and having to relearn. You know, some people don't go by he or she or whatever. Yeah. But in that same on that same coin, if you have somebody come over to talk about your dogs, mm-hmm. and they were like, "Ooh, she's so cute." You yeah. would probably say, uh, he, you yeah. know, yeah. <laughs> so 
Like, and yeah. what's funny is people don't think of it like that. And I'm not comparing right, people even, to dogs, but you know what I mean? Like, just the identity thing is important to you. Well, and even something as simple as, um, like, going by a nickname. When I stopped going by my full first name, I mean, and some people still absolutely refuse to call me Meg, which is whatever. Yeah, I sleep. But, <laughs> well, it's, you know, and then I give everybody a, a pass because, you know, they've known me forever, but... Um, like 28 like years? Like, <laughs> yeah, like getting married. I mean, you have a new last name. Eventually, people get used to using that new last name, mm-hmm. and it's not a big deal to anybody else. Right. So why is it that way if somebody comes out as transgender or gender fluid or non-binary or whatever? It's not, you know, if I was calling you guys Jacob and Alex, you know, yeah. you'd probably correct me. Yeah. It just, it's not, I don't think well, it's as hard as people make it out to be. Yeah. Well, and if you had accidentally called me Eric, because that's what you heard, you know, when I was talking to you and introducing myself, I probably wouldn't mind. Like, I probably wouldn't correct you because it's not a big deal. But if you then were, like, doing it on purpose, it would yeah. be hurtful. Mm-hmm. And people don't understand. Like, it's not if you slip. Like, if you're talking about someone who's, bin- you know, non-binary and then you actually say she, it's no big deal. No. But if you continually do it and you're like, I'm not calling you a they. Like, it's her and she. That's disrespect. That's when it starts becoming hurtful. And, it's yeah. you know, just like if I called you, you know, a name that you didn't like. It's, you know, it's, I don't know. I don't understand. I think people just say things because they can. Um, it's like the N-word, the whole controversy controversy over that. It's like, why is that still in people's lexicon? Because you mean yeah. it in a hateful way. You will yeah. not say it. It w- If it's not important and it's not a big deal, then little white guy, <laughs> then you wouldn't use it. Because yeah. I'm not going to use words that I don't care about. Right. Like, I really, you know, could care less. The thing that, like, to me, I feel like I watch a lot of people, because, you know, people are like, well, why is it in rap music? You know, why can an entire race of people say it and you can't? Why are you so bothered by being excluded from something? I feel like, "Mm, maybe that's part of, (laughs) maybe that's part of it. Yeah, there's some trauma there or some kind of, um, there's a void there that they need to look at, like a whole... like on another level like in this country we excluded black people from a lot of things and you're literally only being and nobody's really telling you I mean you're gonna probably lose your job if you get caught saying it I would not advise it but you're not gonna go to like jail or something but you know white people in, in America have excluded black people from so much stuff and it's kind of like, oh, this one thing we're saying it's not appropriate for you to do and you're losing your mind. I mean, I yeah. say one thing, but it's more than one thing. Yeah. But it's just kind of like, are you really that entitled to being supreme? I mean, it's just, it's a supremacy issue for, yeah. me, for me that I can see. And it's, I think it's so telling when people yeah. say stuff like that. I'm like, you're just kind of laying it out there (laughs) it's the five-year-old in them you know like okay if you if if you have a a, like a bowl of grapes sitting on a counter and there's a whole pantry full of food and you tell my six-year-old well he's about to be seven but six-year-old hey you can have any food but 
don't touch those grapes. Those grapes become the most delicious thing ever. Yes, to him. And he's at that age. But, like, my my 13-year-old, if I tell her that, she's like, okay, there must be something wrong with those grapes. <laughs> and that's the difference between the maturity levels. And so, you know, like, if you say, hey, Josh, don't do this. Like, don't touch this big, shiny red button. And, and, I'm probably going to touch it. Oh, I'm just saying. <laughs> but, like, if I'm, like, you know, it's going to fry my soundboard. Okay, okay. You know, like, over here. And we're not going to be able to do this anymore. You'll be like, okay. But, you know, my son is going to be like, mm, still want to touch it. <laughs> because he doesn't know the, you know, the repercussions of it. He doesn't know the bigger ripple effect. And, um, right. And it, that's the little kid in them that they have not dealt with, that they haven't, that's not mature. And that's what frustrates me is because they, you know, it's usually the people that are the loudest that everybody hears. And um, a lot of people, like you were talking about, like, why does it matter about people, you know, if they want to go by whatever, it's, Change is scary to, to people that don't like change, that are very rigid. And, um, you know, my grandpa, he was in his 80s, and the man was still trying to learn new things. Like, right. um, he wanted to play the electric guitar and learn how to play the electric guitar and play power chords. <laughs> and so he went and bought a VHS tape, not a DVD. <laughs> so some things don't change, you know, but... He, he's familiar with VHS, but he went and bought a VHS tape on how to play power chords. And I walked into him, like, trying to, like, play a song with power chords. The man who would, <laughs> you know, he he had mastered the acoustic guitar and everything, but he wanted to learn. He wanted to better himself even at 80, you know. So I'm just saying we're not all that way. And, and it, if you don't, if you become rigid and stale, you know, that's when you start dying, I think. When you're not yeah. able to learn new things. Well, and you put yourself in a box, you know. Yeah. You say, this is my world. I'm not changing it. You know, everyone else out. And you become one-dimensional. Yeah, and that's not the way yeah. to be. Well, and this, you know, the cynic in me here comes again. Um, a lot of me, <laughs> just when I hear things like that, you know, people so opposed to new and different especially when it comes to things like inclusivity, I think, okay, you're obviously benefiting from the system and the attitude that's in place. And you don't want that to go away. Yeah. Because of your identity, you're benefiting from this aspect of society or whatever. Um, so it almost kind of like is a self-proving point. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, I don't know. People tell them themselves a lot. <laughs> people yeah. tell them themselves a lot with the things that they say and imply. Now, when I say this for y'all listening, I'm not saying that if you voted for Trump or anything that I'm not saying anything about you. I'm talking about the people that have made Trump godlike and have almost made it a new religion. But we're going to call them Trumpers. But I feel like there's an identity crisis now with the Trumpers because you put all your eggs in one basket. You are, you you made it your identity to be a Trump supporter. Like that was all you were, you know. And now that Biden is officially the president, you've become one dimensional. 
And I think a lot of them are like, kind of like, uh Oh, you know, um, I've noticed a lot of people being like, there's going to be people that, you know, sink with the ship. There's going to be all that. The South will rise again is a phrase that you'll hear forever with a certain kind of person. But, um, you know what I'm saying? And I'm not like trying to single anyone out. I'm just, this is my opinion. But, um, like when you make something your only identity and that thing changes or becomes something different than what you originally thought of, you know, when you were doing it, it's very hard for you to become something else. You know what I mean? Like, it's hard to come back from that. Yeah. So, like, you know, if you die on a hill, you have to be prepared for if that thing, you know, like, okay, so if you identify as someone who's, like, like the biggest Backstreet Boy fan in the world, you know, like, well, I guess it's BTS now. But then they come out, like, one of them comes out as, like, a rapist. You know what I mean? Like, that's your only identity is that, you know, and and it's really hard to, like, s- separate yourself. It, it's a very slippery slope, I think. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And there's nothing wrong with pa- being passionate about something. But when it becomes all that you are, I think that's when it's dangerous. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I don't want to sell parts of myself for any ideology, you know? Yeah. That's not worth it to me. <laughs> a lot of people. I'd rather continue. To yeah, have the, exactly. Um, how. Uh, sorry, got distracted. <laughs> oh, that's good. Like, yeah. I, I don't want to take like the multi facets of my being away mm-hmm. for anything like that, you know? It's what makes you interesting. Like the most interesting people in the world have so many multiple layers of, you know, just like depth. Uh they're not just one thing. Like you can talk to the like a person that is like the most successful person at something. And then you get them in an interview and they're like can we like an, like a painter and you're they're like can we not talk about painting like i would like to talk about my love for potted plants you know like you like uh, it, yeah. that's the parts that makes them interesting yes it's fascinating about the artwork they do and all that but you know they've probably told that story their whole life you know like well it's it's like you know our last guest you yeah know, he, he was talking about his life and everything but his passion was really behind his tattoos. You and know, music, yeah. And music. As soon as we started talking about that, his yeah, whole demeanor changed. He, he lit up like a Christmas tree. Yeah. And, you know, just seeing that change in somebody and seeing that passion in somebody's, you know. It's contagious, too. Absolutely. Um, But, yeah, I've, I'm a lot of people that, like the Trumpers, you know, one of the things that they keep saying to people that support Biden is, well, you know, you're not, you're not really like a big Biden fan. I don't see you like praising Biden yeah. for everything he does. I'm like, we don't worship him. That's the difference. Weird. He's a government employee. We are <laughs> just as critical about the crap he screws up as we were about Trump. Well, and I think a lot of that is Trump doesn't air or Trump aired out all his dirty laundry on Twitter. Yeah. And you don't hear about Biden doing any of that, you know? Yeah. So, well, I mean, you don't have, you know, Biden's army versus Trump's army out now. Yeah. Because it's you know, not a cult. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Did you watch yeah. his address the other night? I did not. Oh my gosh, um, you need to watch it. It gave me chills. <laughs> I don't know who wrote his I, speech, but whoever did needs a raise. I did see um, a good... I, I think somebody had tweeted the picture, um, and they were like, there, were, there didn't need to be all of these other flags in our nation's capital, and they were like, the state flag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, yes. Yeah. I almost just shared it without context to see, like, if it got shared <laughs> unironically, but... Yeah. I didn't have the energy for that kind of social experience. It cracks me up. Some of my favorite TikToks are like when they show a post like that from like a Karen or something and they're like, Google's free. <laughs> and that's all they say. And then they just over and I'm like, yes. <laughs> oh, we could, I could go on and on about information literacy. I absolutely love it. <laughs> like people will tell me all the time, you know, or general i've heard it actual words and then general attitudes that i don't know what i'm talking about 90 <laughs> percent of the time and i'm like okay like not that i'm not college educated i mean i have some college but like i'm not i don't have a degree i'm not claiming yeah. to do anything spectacular but i do happen to answer roughly 50 reference questions a week yeah. i know my way around the internet yeah. <laughs> i can i can verify sources and you know people are so mad at fact checkers but yeah. like they are such a key part of information that i think people just don't like them when they don't agree with them because there have yeah. been some things that you know i've read and i've been like oh okay so i was wrong about that well, now i know <laughs> you know well uh, that also kind of goes back to facebook where like you'll have you know a person on their soapbox and you'll just have people that agree with them flock to them because of that kind of stuff, you know, that, that, uh, they, uh, they believe what they believe and they won't believe anything else because that's the kind of people that they surround themselves with. Yeah. So it's, that's why parlor became a thing mm -hmm. because yeah. when you become someone that surrounds yourself with yes men or people that are exactly like you, is when you're not going to get slapped in the back of the head. Well, it, it becomes stupid. dangerous because that's what Trump did. And I'm just saying like, you know, like honestly though, if you have everyone around you saying that's the best thing that's ever happened to anyone. That's a great idea. You know, that's a great idea. You're doing the best job that anyone's ever done. You know, that's dangerous. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I, I try to, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I just said, yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, I, I thought, um, you know, I think on the along the lines of I try to surround my people or surround myself with people that are going to tell me, you know, no, that's stupid. Because not only is it not going to, you know, I'm not going to embarrass myself, but then, you know, I'm going to go back to the drawing board, figure out what I did wrong, and then it's going to be a better altogether, you know, project or whatever it is. That's one thing I like about our dynamic is neither one of us are scared to tell the other one that they're being a dumb fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Josh, call it down, you know? Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, I think probably weekly one of us will be like, you know what would be a good idea? And the other person's probably like, uh, let's, let's, yeah, let's, <laughs> let's not do that. Yeah. Let's tone that back down for a little yeah. bit. Let's put that on the back burner for like 2053. <laughs> Then we'll be comfortable enough to do that. Yeah. 
but <laughs> you know what i've noticed since the mask mandates and stuff i've only been sick with covid like before october so since october i haven't been sick one time i have not been sick I pretty much at all i mean i've gotten like stomach issues but that's more like medication yeah, me and too. allergy issues but like i haven't caught anything from anyone i didn't and get like, the I flu get, mm-hmm. nothing yeah i still wear my mask everywhere yeah, um and i will continue to until probably after i'm well fully vaccinated just because i don't you know if it gives me any protection fantastic if it keeps you know i don't i don't know if they fully i haven't looked into it so i don't know if they fully know about um asymptomatic spread yeah or like carriers vaccinated yeah. people so i until i know that i can safely go outside you know go mm-hmm. to a store without breathing someone and potentially getting them COVID, i'm going to cover my face and i don't like there's a store i go into every weekend and <laughs> like no one like i can tell that they're like oh, it's the girl with the giant mask i have one that <laughs> It fits up underneath my glasses, so my glasses don't fog. Oh, yeah. oh, um, when I got them on Etsy, he was like, oh, did you get that at um, Joe Biden's enormous mask factory? <laughs> I call it my um, Joe Biden mask. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I um, I think it's hilarious. But um, also, I've enjoyed like being anonymous a little bit. Um, with social anxiety, it's a lot easier to like fade into the crowd. Um and also, I've noticed that I've started holding my mouth weird and my mouth open sometimes <laughs> when I'm in public now. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm so scared to, like, go back without a mask and, uh, you know, like, stand up, like, at Walmart when I'm waiting on Megan. And I'm just, like, propped up against the wall <laughs> and my mouth's hanging open. I don't even realize it anymore. <laughs> Somebody's <Yeah>. like, God, <laughs> what's wrong with that guy? I've saved so much money on makeup. <laughs> <laughs> Me, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, his uh routine for the morning has gotten quicker by an hour now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just wake up and roll out of bed, I'm ready to go. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. I don't know, just the whole the fact that we're so close to some sense of normalcy. I don't know that it'll ever be back to normal, but I like the things or like to think of things that will carry over even after covid like what are things that you think like i think me as a doordash delivery driver there's something about like having to go orders be more prolific in a restaurant because before you know that side wasn't busy but like if you go to chili's there's always at least three cars in the to-go order yeah and i think restaurants that didn't have the you know curbside pickup i think that's going to be a thing and i think when they build new restaurants i think they're going to have a door you know for the to-go orders kind of like chilies and applebee's and all them do so this is i don't know this is somewhat of an unpopular opinion Uh um i think movie theaters will become a niche experience market and not the main way that movies are distributed after this. I, I can see that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Disney Plus is probably the model that most places will take now. Well, yeah, I mean, you, well, get... you know, HBO Max is getting all of the 
what is it Par- is it paramount movies or yeah, something like that something um I'm sure that's not the right company because they have their own streaming service now. But yeah, that's crazy. I think you'll go to like the movie theater to watch like the Lugosi Dracula, you know, and yeah. that, stuff like that. It'll be more of a niche. That's kind of a heartbreaker. Experience. Yeah, that's kind of a heartbreaker. <laughs> like the thrill of like sneaking $20 worth of junk food into the movie theater and watching like <laughs> Star Wars or like one of the Marvel movies yeah. that, you know, uh, changing that in for like, you know, going and getting a tub of ice cream and sitting out at home watching the new yeah. movie. It, I don't know. It, like small towns, I think like our theater and places will thrive because, yeah, oh, because so. well, and they'll have to adapt. Um, I think a lot more movie theaters are going to start showing like, older movies too you know like um the harkin yeah like where they show you know they'll have like a a good one would be like um you know like all the musicals like if they had the greatest showman or something and everybody dressed up and went it would it'll be more of like an experience like you said then it will be you know we have to go watch the new movie because again unpopular opinion cannot wait to watch new release movies in my house (laughs) My so kids count down the days. It's hilarious. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Do not have to put, I can wear my pajamas if I want to. <laughs> I don't have to brush my teeth. Just kidding. I always brush my teeth. <laughs> yeah, I can just chill. And then I have a really small bladder. So yeah. I don't have to pick. Yeah, like, I don't have to guess, oh, what's the right time to go <laughs> to the bathroom? You don't get judged for eating your <laughs> snacks loudly. Exactly, <laughs> and I don't have to leave my pets, which is probably the most important thing. Yeah, yeah. Now they get to watch the newest releases. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh goodness! But yeah, my kids will like the new. Is it Raya on Disney Plus right now? That's the new movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're like three days till Raya comes out, <laughs> and then you know they'll remind me they'll be like, "Daddy, Daddy, two days." I'm like, "Okay, okay." You <laughs> know, it's it's just like streaming for them is like this window of like um their first real independence um yeah because now they are in charge and so they they feel like like hannah likes to know when the new series is going to come out so she'll get on her phone and like her favorite netflix episodes she'll be like oh well this this is coming out on august 4th i can't wait you know and she'll like freak out and it's it's cool because it's kind of like the old tv like schedule and like getting that um, TV guide, TV guide like for us <laughs> yeah. older people, and then um, you know, and like the new streaming, like it's kind of combined, and and I think it's just neat, like everything, like everybody's like, oh man, blockbuster, you know, it'll never go out of business, it'll become so big that it can't fail, and then you know, it's not there anymore. Well, and the funny thing is, is Netflix was actually supposed to be bought by Blockbuster, yeah, but they turned it down. Yeah, they turned it down. So, missed opportunity. Yeah, but they're also the ones that got the rewritable video game cartridge thing that cost them millions of dollars yeah. that ended up not even, like, yeah. they. it was, by the time they got it out and in every store, it was already outdated, yeah. like, by the the games that were available Absolutely. or, like, old consoles. So, not the best decision-making on their part. Yeah. So, do you all think that, like, um, the availability to movies like y'all were talking about is kind of like comparable to like when 
VHS came out when people were able to well, buy the movie and watch it whenever they wanted or whatever? No, no, I've never lived in a world without VHS. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me neither. <laughs> I, I mean, I really don't know. I, I don't remember that. I remember living without a microwave, but not without VHS. I remember when my grandparents had like the first DVD on the block, and it was like <laughs> I think they pay, paid like something like almost twelve hundred dollars for it. Oh, god. oh my god! And um, what was your first DVD that you bought? Uh, I, the first DVD I bought, holy cow, I don't even know. Like, I really don't remember. Um, I was very lucky that my family bought a lot of movies Mm -hmm. growing up. So like, I just inherited a whole bunch of stuff from my parents. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't know what was mine. Uh, Mac, do you remember watching extreme days with me at my grandma's house? No, what is what was that? <laughs> it's a Christian based movie, but it's not like beach over the head Christian. It's just like Christian, like they talk about God one time in the movie. But um, um, it's not like cheesy corny like you know those some of those movies are. It was actually it's like one of my favorite movies. Um, but basically the premise is like they're gonna go on this ultimate road trip and they're gonna go like to California and like surf and then they're gonna go snowboarding in Colorado and. They're going to go skateboarding and all this stuff. And it's like four guys. And then they meet this girl along the way, but they, they drive in this like old Volkswagen Jeep hybrid car. <laughs> and, um, it, and then, you know, chaos ensues, but we watched yeah, it. Yeah. We watched it at Mammy's and it was like my favorite thing. But, um, like that was one of the first DVD DVDs that I remember like watching all the time. My first VHS tape that was ever bought for me was The Lion King, I think. Because we yeah. watched it in theaters, and then it came out later yeah. that year on VHS. I remember getting the old Ninja Turtle movies from Pizza Hut. Yeah. <laughs> Do y'all remember having, um, when McDonald's, I was really young, but McDonald's had VHSs that you could buy that were, like, specific for their store? Like, it was a yeah, different version? I had, I had the, um, what, are you talking about, like, the cartoons? Yeah. Yeah, I had the Halloween one. Yeah. And it was like, I watched it all the time. It was like one of my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I remember that or not. I remember the cassette tapes, but. Yeah, I have a cassette. We have one that's new in box. Really? Uh, remember I showed you the oh, McDonald's? Yeah, I about, I it was, uh, but yeah, um, my favorite song ever is on that. Um, Sp- spooky song number seven? No. <laughs> it's just like the McDonald's kids like singing. Um. I don't even remember how it goes now to look <laughs> it up, but I've got the tape here. Yeah. Um, I showed him, but it was like one of my favorite songs and everyone I've ever talked to. I'm like, have you heard the song? Even my mom, who I know has heard it because she played it <laughs> in the car all the time. is like, nope, never heard that song. <laughs> so it, that's, that's funny how certain memories like stick to one person. Yeah. It's like, the other, you, the other yeah. person has no clue what you're talking about. And then you get, like, a Mandela effect, yeah. like, kind of <laughs> <laughs> memory. Well, speaking of, I have a very vivid memory of watching a movie at your grandmother's house, and I have not been able to find out what movie it is. Ooh. I don't know anybody else that, like, remembers it, but it had something to do. It was almost like Teen Wolf, but the guy was a zombie. Mm. Huh. And he, like, I remember him talking about eating brains. <laughs> and then they like went into a palm reading shop, and that's 
all I remember about it. Was this like, a, are you afraid of the dark or something? Or it was it a movie? Like, it might have been. Sounds like I Little Monsters been. or something like that. Little Monsters was about monsters, though, not zombies. Yeah. But little monsters is dirty. Like I tried to watch it with my kids, and they talk. They say piss, and like oh, crap. the dude pees in the dude's uh, <laughs> apple juice bottle. Yeah, yeah. the eighties, nineties were a different time. Yeah, PG does not mean PG no, back then. No, no, it doesn't. <laughs> I think The Godfather was PG or something like that. Yeah. One of the movies like that. Okay, so I'm gonna play just a little clip from um that cassette tape that I was talking about, and um that way we don't get sued or anything. Maybe. Um, all right, here it is. Let's see. Magic. I don't remember that at all. <laughs> Do you remember that? Wait, did you play it? Oh, you couldn't hear it? No. Oh, <laughs> no. I was like, I love this song because I couldn't hear anything. Oh, my bad. It's like, who's that over there? That's my Ronald McDonald. Yeah. <laughs> I like synthesizer yeah, I music. I thought I found someone in my life that knew it. And I was really excited when you said that. <laughs> and now yeah, I know that no, you were just no, being a that. jerk. <laughs> yeah, <I was. laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I feel like there's got to be someone out there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna find that person, and we're gonna like jam out to that song one day. <laughs> Make a TikTok. TikTok will find them in like yeah. a day. Oh, yeah, gosh. yeah. Just play it and be like, you know, am I the only one that knows this song? And then just <laughs> point at you know like the cassette tape, and then have it play in the background. You know, the typical like standard cookie cutter thing. Yeah, I'm telling you that there's something magical about that app. And at first I was like, I'm not downloading that exactly. kids dancing thing. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, I've learned so much about my own <laughs> mental health. <laughs> did you did you used to watch Vine? Yes. Oh, I was obsessed with Vine. Yeah, oh, me gosh. too. And I think that this is just Vine 2.0. See, I completely yeah. skip Vine, but I love uh, TikTok. My, Vine was just like <laughs> seven-second memes. Like, like... I have a soundboard, and of course, Meg won't be able to hear it, so I can't really play it, but it's like, look at all those chickens, and like, <laughs> I'm a burnt chicken. I look like, or even though I look like a burnt chicken nugget, I still love myself. <laughs> like, those, like, will forever live in my zeitgeist. Like, yeah. my kids will quote them, and it cracks <laughs> me up. So I've, I've done one thing right <laughs> as a parent. <laughs> I, yeah, we love Divine so much. So you know the guy that's like road work ahead. I sure hope it does. Yeah. Oh God. He's a YouTuber now. Yeah. And they did like a tour. Him and um, another Viner. Um, they did a tour and they came to Oklahoma City in the before times. And Chris and I like bought tickets. And, like, oh went my God. And, saw it and it was amazing. Wasn't the other guy's name Daniel something? Danny Gonzalez. Danny yeah. Gonzalez. Yeah. <laughs> and Drew Gooden. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the, he, he's got, like, this, like, dry, deadpan humor, and it just <laughs> totally works. <laughs> yeah. I love hey it. Guy. Yeah, Yeah, he says guy instead of hey, guys, because he says only one dude probably watches his videos. Oh, gosh. 
Like that's how he like started oh. out, and it just cracks me up because he still sticks with it. That's funny. Yeah, um, there's a guy I watch that does like um, makeup and effects and stuff, and he like builds masks for like sets and stuff, and he's always like, "What's up, nerds?" <laughs> 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 and I'm just like, he knows his fan base so good, though, you know. Like, and then uh, I'll. There's what's his name, and he's like, "What's up, slackers?" <laughs> I'm just like, "Yeah." <laughs> I love how every group has their own nickname. Yeah, we we have diners. That's what we call everybody. Yeah. What's up, <laughs> diners? <laughs> yeah. So. I love that. We've kind of come into our own like little mythos. Um, I, we told our last guest we're gonna get a um, like Family Guy style cartoon like um poster made. And it's going to be Dinerland. And yeah, each of yeah. the guests we've had on our show are going to be like a person in the town. And so the librarian oh, yeah. will definitely have to be you. <laughs> oh, I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Um, I love our little. Dis- have you, like, in our Discord, have you read the descriptions of each channel? Not in a while. Not since you guys have really been beefing it up. It cracks me up. Uh, Hold on, let me look and see one that's my favorite. The self-promotion tower. Uh, It says, Climb on top of the rickety old tower and shout out your promotion. We can't promise anyone will hear you yelling, but the view is gorgeous. (laughs) And then... There's a little disclaimer, and it says, Diner Discussion Pod is not responsible for any accidents and or death caused by climbing said tower. (laughs) (laughs) And then, what's another good one, Josh? Uh, I pretty well stick around general and meme hype, and that's about it for me. Yeah, the big brain shop says, a now bankrupt and closed down brain store near the edge of town. This building is pretty much empty except for a rusty suggestion box bolted in the far wall under a flashing fluorescent light. If inspiration hits and you've got a big brain, fill her up with ideas, suggestions, and feedback for the show. We will seriously consider your suggestions and shout you out if we decide to use your ideas. That's awesome. Yeah, we've made each each channel a different location in our little world that we've built. And then, you know, Marv's Media Marvel's the last one I'll read. It's like, one of the last remaining video stores of its kind, Mars Media Marvels, is definitely a must-stop buy for any Dinerland tourist. With uh, 15-foot walls filled with shelves, Marv's, ha- Marv's has vinyl, VHS, DVD, Blu-ray, gaming consoles, and the latest video games. Uh, <laughs> Marv's a collector, so stop by and show him any kind of media haul you get your hands on and make sure to stop by the vintage t-shirt rack on your way out. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds awesome. That. I love it when like things get a mythos around them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, so I don't know if you guys know um, who Nick Letso is. Let's go. Um, but he makes these really d- dumb Twitter songs or whatever. And he's the guy that like he did. He worked with Super Deluxe for a while, and he did the uh, like. Alex Jones as a Bonnie Bear song. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So he ha- he has like his own uh, ARG. I don't even know what to call it, but it's like a 
what I have said is like I'm obsessed with the lore surrounding and a YouTube rock opera that is also about the internet. So like it branches out into like the murder of exotic birds and <laughs> <laughs> insane. There are puppets and that's the kind of stuff I love. Yeah, we we eventually want to kind of have it to where like it's its own thing and um um like you know like where people without us talking people will get in our discord and just kind of like have their own discussions and it's like a thriving little world on its own and so i think that that. that's the ultimate goal is to have it like you know just this quirky place where people with like-minded you know or different viewpoints can come and be friendly with each other and hang out and have a good time absolutely and like you know if you learn something awesome if you take something away from it then that's the point you know just like come in be happy and as long as you leave better than what you came yeah you know in any aspect of the word like camping yeah yeah exactly (laughs) camping with memes (laughs) yeah it's funny because every time i see something odd or something that kind of cracks me up that most people probably (laughs) would be like that's kind of weird i always think the first person to send it to is meg like that's my i'm like oh i know who will like this so you know the internet holds so many i don't know strange things for me to attach myself to (laughs) if weird means is one of those here here i take it (laughs) every time um my son comes in my room in the morning when he wakes up he lays down like next to me and he's like, all right, dad, show me the TikToks that you like this week. <laughs> I love that. And, uh, he likes one. I don't know if you've seen it. I might've sent it to you. I can't remember, but it's this crocodile and there's a guy hanging from like a tree limb and he's yes. like, yes. come to Papa. And he <laughs> plays that. Like he's probably played it at least 115 times. He if was, he, he was quoting it while yeah. you were on the phone the other day. Yeah. He's like, it's, he goes, yeah, he's like, it's rude to ask a crocodile to show his hands. <laughs> he says that just randomly throughout the day. It's just so funny. It's the new llamas with hats. Yeah, exactly. We I showed my oldest that the other day, and she just kind of stared at me the whole time. And I'm like, it'll grow on you. It's just like, you know, like my dad still to this day is like, I can't believe you showed me that stupid Charlie the Unicorn. Now my kids quote it. <laughs> like, candy mountain charlie <laughs> oh, that's so good yeah that, that, and solid fingers and all yeah. of it i haven't seen solid fingers in forever Golly. um i think it's pretty much like early youtube has become tiktok mm-hmm. because yeah. you can find some of that zany stuff that like really short clip of like something that's just like somebody did because they thought it was funny and they made it really quick and got it out there. And that used to be how YouTube was. I remember spending, you, nothing was curated for you in the beginning of the days of YouTube. It was the wild west. No, you had to hear about it. Like I literally had to hear about it from other people. I didn't even like find it on the internet. Yeah. Be like, Go to YouTube and look this up. 
Yeah, or you would stumble down a black like black hole kind of like you would accidentally like misspell a word and it would lead you to all these Doge or whatever. Yeah, you know, like comedy <laughs> bits and then from then you would like you would be like, Ooh, I I wanna know more and then you would that's how we found like, you know, Charlie the Unicorn <laughs> and Llamas with Hats and like uh what's that one Don't uh, hug me, I'm scared. Yeah, uh laser oh God, laser yeah. hip thrust and all those like <laughs> crazy videos or like uh make me bad thirty five where all he did was pretty much get angry and yell cuss words and that was the funniest thing. <laughs> you know, like um oh, who's the guy that dresses up in the pink uh Filthy Frank. Yes, Filthy Frank. That mm-hmm. was another one. He rolled the whole interwebs back in the day. Do you listen to his music? I do. Yeah. Yeah, I love Doji stuff. Yeah. Like, I will just straight drive and jam, <laughs> and I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> he did what? Like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. I used to watch uh, Toby Turner before his whole scandal thing, and then oh, he... yikes! <laughs> yeah, talk about a person that. I don't think he ever meant anyone any harm. This is just my opinion. Like, I, I don't know the whole story. I was not there. So, I mean, if something comes out later, like, I totally, you know, will change my This is not the opinion of Dunner Discussions. <laughs> but I think he was somebody who had too much power, didn't know what it was because YouTube was just this random thing that just happened and exploded. And then he had all this power, and he wasn't used to girls saying no. And that sucks that he put himself in that situation because I don't even know. Like, he he may have never done anything, but the fact that he put himself in the situation for that to happen, you know, where a girl said that he was being forceful or whatever. Um, oh, yeah, there's, like, accusations that he was, like, drugging women. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. And um, so for him to even to, to make it to where, like, there's, you know, doubt. Like, even people right. that really, really loved his content, like, you know, we didn't go to bat for him. We were kind of like, dude, you shouldn't, you shouldn't. Even if you never, even if you, like, just were, like, really friendly and thought everybody loved you and you were just vulnerable, like, to attack or, you know, this stuff, you did it yourself by being, like, you know, like, too carefree anyways. And then if you're a terrible person... What you should have done is he should have went and got therapy because when he talks about it, it sounds like he had a lot of issues with women that he should yeah. have seeked medical, I mean, not medical, but professional help with. Yeah. And that would have never happened. But yeah, I, that's such a weird, like, I find it, and maybe it's just because I'm not. I don't want to say male, but, like, I don't, the whole, like, not being able to understand when someone's not interested in you is a little weird to me, like, that women, sometimes women being nice can be seen as, like, interest. Like, that's just something that doesn't compute with me, I guess. Yeah, and it can be confusing can't. sometimes, but mm-hmm. I think it's all perspective. I think if you're a guy who has healthy relationships with women and you're getting enough attention from a female, like, so you have a girlfriend and your relationship's healthy, I think it's very easy to understand when she's not comfortable. Right. But I think if you've been, if you put yourself and both of you have not been honest with each other and you, you're, you're not really familiar with, like, 
Like if Megan, if she comes in and she's pissed off, I know when she walks in the door that she's not okay. Just by her facial expression, her body language, I can tell when she's having an off day. (laughs) Like she can be saying all the things, you know, like I'm happy, I'm fine, you know, but I can tell. Something's just not. But yeah, if you're in a toxic relationship or, you know, whatever, like that's your own fault for not like putting up like being honest and i don't think any like you know it was like the up church thing did you see that whole thing with him and that girl uh no who up church is a like country, country rapper um, oh no another female i've never heard of that person <laughs> well it's a youtube thing really he started on youtube oh, okay. and so um but yeah uh uh Katie Noel is the singer and she was a lesbian like straight lesbian and then when she met him she started dating him and was confused about her feelings and so what I think happened by listening to both sides is she got with him she promised him you know all the stuff she was into it at first and then once they started having sex she didn't feel comfortable she realized I really am a lesbian, but didn't tell him this and then panicked. And then when he was like expecting, you know, like when you know, like when you're dating and you're like a girl is or a guy is very like openly sexually with you. And then to all, all of a sudden just be like, no, no, you know, like don't touch me. It's kind of weird. And you kind of are like, what the hell, you know? And I think that's, and then she was like, oh, well, he's mad now, and I'm going to tell everybody he raped me kind of thing. But he kept grabbing my boobs, and I didn't like it. But she never told him that she didn't like it. You know what I mean? She never showed that she didn't like it. Yeah. She played along because she didn't want to hurt his feelings because she, you know, she really was a through-and-through lesbian. She didn't like guys. She thought she did, and she, exper- you know, she experimented. But And so he was put in a horrible position, where he thought everything was cool. And I'm not, you know, vouching for him. He probably did wrong things too. But I'm just saying from both of their conversations and everything that I've watched, it was very like she freaked out and panicked. And and that was terrible. A, not knowing the situation, I have a genuine question. Yeah. Is there any chance that she felt scared of what the outcome would be? If she, because I'm one of those people that like consent can be rescinded at any time. Oh yeah, definitely. Right in the middle of something and like, yeah, yeah. But like, I've also been in a situation where like my safety may be compromised if I don't go along with it, play this cool. Yeah. Or go along with it or. Well, the problem with this situation wasn't that it, you know, if she felt if she felt scared that he would like retaliate or maybe he would rape her because she had been so like easy with him and letting him, you know, touch her or whatever. Um, then when she got to a safe place where she could call him and talk to him over the phone where he couldn't hurt her, you know what I mean? She should have said then, but what she did instead was she told the whole internet. Yeah. She went, she never talked to him. She just, he woke up to the whole world coming saying oh my god you know can can you believe what katie's saying about you and that to me was where it crossed the line of like well that sucks and i don't know what he did but i'm just saying like 
I've been in situations. Not knowing the situation, it for me, like just as a as me, you know, looking at the situation, I always tend to believe it when somebody says that they were victimized. Now I know that it doesn't happen. Yeah. Or that it does happen, you know, where people are falsely accused. I do know that. But I also know that it doesn't happen as often as women are victimized. Oh no, no. Men are victimized. So like my when I hear stuff like that, I think, well, I mean, if she was abused, I wouldn't call my abuser. No, no, you but she I mean? still talked to him like everything was fine. Oh, right. I see. Yeah, she changed is. her story several times. Every time she told somebody, it was a little different. He was a little more aggressive, yeah. and she would like ham it up because she could tell people weren't buying, you know, into, buying it. into her story. And then a clear evidence trail of her. Yeah, um, it the yeah. whole like ninety nine point nine percent of the time, I would be with her a hundred percent you know what i mean like but the way that she oh yeah and her personality like it unquickly folded like and then she was like well maybe he didn't rape me but i didn't like what he was doing and then you know like then she rescinded and said i should have never said that he raped me you know but i don't like like him like that that. yeah (laughs) but but that's the thing with me is that you cannot like rape has to mean something that word has to mean something when you just throw it out there because you feel like you're being petty about something or maybe like you want to get back at someone or ruin their life, like that's when it sucks because then the next girl who really was raped, like it takes away, you know what I mean? People aren't going to come to her defense like they should. Well, and it also throws right, him under the bus. Go ahead, sorry. It also throws him under the, the bus and makes him look bad because, you know, there's the type of person that, they only catch the first part of the story. They're like, well, screw this guy, you know. He's yeah. an asshole, you know, he's raping people, and they will never revisit it. Well, wow. And then you'll have the second kind of person that, you know, will stay invested in the story yeah. to the very end. I think with him, he did the best. He had the best possible outcome. First of all, he got out in front of it. Like, when he heard that she was talking, like, he immediately made a video, and he told his side of the story. Like, and not like in a victimized way. Mm-hmm. He was like, no, dude. You know, and he, he gave all these details of like from the moment she got to his house, like timestamps. And he like showed the, the texts that were going on between them. Mm-hmm. And then he released the phone calls afterwards. And then, you know, and then like, I don't know. He just had all this evidence. Like he covered his ass really. Yeah. And, and yeah. um like other than like a surveillance video showing him, you know, and her in the room. Yeah. That was the best possible thing he could have done. He got lucky that it wasn't just a he said, she said thing. Yeah. And then people started coming out that were close to her saying, well, you know, this is kind of her personality and all this stuff. And it kind of got messy. But now, you know, she's kind of fallen off. Like, and the only real reason she was ever popular is because she was on one of his songs. And he scrubbed it from the Internet so she couldn't get any more clout from it. And I think she just came off as a clout chaser and that, you know, and that how many women since then have been, you know, shamed or whatever because they came out or didn't have any power to come out because of what she did. And that just kind of hurts. All she had to say was, hey, I just realized I'm really into women. Yeah, I'm uncomfortable. We're ending this right now. And we can be friends, but it can never be anything more. And if she would have, you know, kind of, like stuck stood up to that i think 
everything would have worked out fine. I think people would have still viewed her in this high esteem. They probably would have way respect for her because it really does take a lot of guts to be able to do that. Yeah. And I think that also kind of circles back to around to like the message of consent is so important. Oh yeah. Because those things need to be talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, I think and that taught. Like if, yes. And then I think that like, situations like that may be less if we make you know if we first of all as a society we need to be discussing and and teaching i'm not talking like elementary school kids but like we didn't even have sex ed in high school like we did but it was a joke they gave us that like fifth grade talk about puberty and i don't i mean unless i just missed it do you remember the packets they gave out Oh, that, God. Like it was like a little clear bag, and it had like uh, deodorant and yeah, all this, yeah. yeah, and like you and your body, like little booklet. <laughs> yeah. That's so nineteen yes. fifties America. Yeah. <laughs> but like there are things that you need to be prepared for, and that's why teen pregnancy is high, and that's yeah. you know I don't know why we get into that forever, but it's. it's if people talk about consent openly and we're comfortable expressing consent openly, I think that we'd be better off as a society in the long run. I know it wouldn't completely eliminate, you know, sex crimes, but it might. I think that a lot of more legitimacy to any claims, you know, because it's a topic we discuss. Yeah. I think a lot of parents, like fail their children because they have relied on the school to teach them all of those things. And Mm -hmm. it's not really the job of the school to do those things um, necessarily. If that makes sense. Like it's not like, it's not the job of your, you know, fifth grade teacher to like teach your kid about all the stuff that's not in the curriculum. Like that's definitely, well, the parents got to step up to that every once in a while. And I know that not every situation allows that. Like, some people don't have parents. They don't have a... But they need, I mean, some parental figure, you know, grandparent or, you know, somebody or... Well, and that's what yeah, I'm always trying to do. that's exactly why I, you know, am such a proponent of having such a sex education in school. Because, especially, like, if there are kids coming from a group home or something like that, you know, it's... Mm-hmm. To me, the public education system yeah. is to meet all public education needs, you know, yeah. nutrition information, sex information, how to navigate bills, you mm-hmm. know, we should be taught about taxes. Yeah. To me, that's the kind of, you know, not study, you know, I yeah. could get into education theory forever, but not talking about like what we need to do to pass this exam. Yeah, exactly. Standardized testing has almost ruined like education. It really has. Yeah. You can ask any teacher. Mm -hmm. Um, but what kind of like to, to kind of further the point that I was making though, like is exactly what you're saying is I think it should be a like team effort between the parent and the teacher. And I feel like a lot of times the parents, not all everybody, but there's a lot of like pushback, like, the teacher yeah. has this kind of viewpoint on things, and then you've got the person that's like, "You're not going to teach my kid evolution," and then you're not going to, you know, you're not you're not going to do this or whatever, 
you know, don't tell your kids about sex until they're, you know, 20 or whatever. But um, it's one of those things where anything that you don't teach them, they're going to find out on their own. You cannot assume that your children are stupid. Well, and that's even more dangerous because, like, my growing up, um, well, not growing up, my college years, I went to a Pentecostal church and, like, the Pentecostal women, like, in my age group, they were, you know, real super easy. Like, you know, not saying that I did anything with the women, but, um, you know, they would just jump at anything that blinked their eyes yeah. at it, you know. And it's because they were repressed at home. They weren't taught it at home. They weren't taught it at school. Yeah, and it's not even like, it's not, like, when I tell my children no, I, t- I tend to try to be like, this is why. Mm-hmm. It's not a, I'm not holding this away from you because I don't want you to have this experience. It's like, this is all the things that can happen if you do this too early or you know, if you have sex before you're with the person that you really, really are, you know, like in a good relationship with, you're, it's going to cause baggage. You're going to have like the, you know, that person will always be in the, like in your mind for the next couple of relationships because that's how sex works. It's an emotional thing, you know, and, and, um, all these things and like, or like, you know, like I don't want you to, to drink till you're drunk. Right. Like. Because, you know, you could die. You know, you're related to your dad who had horrible blood pressure only when he was drinking and had a heart attack at 18. Um, not because of that, but because I didn't know my body. Mm. Like, I'm trying to keep all this stuff from happening to you. It's not right. because I'm trying to keep things from you. I'm just trying to show you, like, you can do things, but sometimes it's the way you do them that makes it kind of like good or bad for you does that make sense yeah it makes total sense because like my youngest daughter if you don't explain why and you just say no she doesn't get it it's like she will like the way her her brain works in this beautiful way where she's adhd add really bad and um she may be on the spectrum but um she's like um she she will ask Every five minutes, okay, what are we doing today? And so we, she has to have her own schedule, like, written out for her. She has to have the calendar with all the stuff on it and times and dates because it eases her mind. Because if it's all written out, she doesn't have to physically worry about it. It's concrete. Yeah, she knows what's happening. There's no, like, sense of, like, scary unknown. And so, you know, most people are like, you're setting her up. You know, to not be able to just, like, live freely without having to have a schedule and all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but you know what? Some people need that structure. She needs structure yeah. right now. Her little mind, it, it is terrifying for her not to know what's happening. It Like, she literally is scared. And so, when she has all these things, she doesn't have to worry. And it's been proven by science that, like, say, if you have four shirts in your closet... And four pairs of pants, four pairs of underwear, they're all exactly the same. You don't have to think about what you're going to wear. You are more productive, and you have less stress in your life if you live that way. Did you know that? I, I was reading a study about that. that. that but they, 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 again, they it, it went back to SpongeBob. <laughs> so they were like, the SpongeBob theory, you know, he wears all the same clothes, and he's always, like, giddy and goofy, you know. <laughs> it's because he never has to worry about 
like his outfit in the morning. So they did a study to see, you know, if that was just some silly thing or if it could work. And it worked like incredibly well. Like people that didn't have to worry about their routine in the morning were, you know, way more successful at their day than other people. So it's so weird how. Yeah. It would be so funny because people would be like, you're wearing the same shirt always, but it's like always clean, you know? Yeah, I was just thinking about that. Yeah. I was just thinking about that. Like the stigma of like, that person doesn't wash their clothes or, you know, yeah. something's up, you know. But, yeah, I think, in other words, what that scientific finding is really is, like, when you boil it down, it's just that when, we're so worried about details that, you know, that fills in 30, you know, 30 to 40% of our day is, like, us just, like, what are we going to eat for lunch? Like, when yeah. we eat lunch, what are we going to eat for dinner? Like, like what what happens next and we're not able to enjoy the moment Mm -hmm. and i think that's her big deal is she's always worried about what comes next because like we'll be playing well like last night we were bowling and she was like so uh what time are we gonna play laser tag and i'm like like we literally just started bowling so you know (laughs) she didn't know so i was like okay well this is my plan you know we're gonna go do this um for an hour we're gonna do this for an hour this for an hour and then we we will do arcade until it's time to go home then she bowled and she had a blast you know <laughs> <laughs> so but well and that probably gives her the freedom to enjoy the thing that she you know you people say oh well you're not letting her you know just live freely well she probably can enjoy the things that she's doing yeah so much more freely when she's not worried about that, which I know is exactly what you said. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I get it. she she's also like, she knows. Okay, we're doing this for a while, so I can kind of relax and enjoy it, and I'm not yeah. having to rush, you know. And like, her brain can just kind of chill without spinning those tires yeah. all the time. Well, and you also got fear. Like, it also could help build anticipation, you know, excitement mm-hmm. for what's coming next. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, but literally, like, if you don't tell her what the next day holds and you forget because you're tired or something, she'll wake up at 10 and be like, Daddy? I'm like, what, Lindsay? What time are we waking up in the morning? Oh, gosh. <laughs> have I ever let you, or have I ever failed to wake you up, Lindsay? No. You're awake right now. What are we eating for lunch? Lindsay, we haven't even ate breakfast yet, baby. Go to sleep, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's so funny. And then, you know, the other one, you know, Brennan, he doesn't care. He's just in his own world all the time, <laughs> fighting zombies and the apocalypse and beating up bad guys and having a good time. Oh, I miss those days. Yeah. You know, the days when you wake up and all you can think about is all the cool toys you get to play with. <laughs> yeah. We were... Yeah, I'm like, mm, sell my labor for money. <laughs> <laughs> I I was saying, you know, I don't know how it would work, and I don't even know if it's good, but it would be cool to live, like, a year where all of your bills just didn't exist. Just, like, the creative, like, freedom that you would have to just do whatever you wanted. Yeah. Like, all the things that you've been putting off, all, like, you know, you might take it. Like, Josh took up painting, I think, this last year Mm -hmm. um, because of COVID. And so I think it would be funny to see, like, not, not funny, but it'd be kind of, 
peculiar to see like all the new things that you would do or wouldn't do. Like some of us may be the opposite and be like, I don't have to work. I'm going to go take a nap every day. (laughs) Just become a cat. (laughs) It all comes back to the cats. Always. (laughs) I kind of saw something similar today. Um, They were talking about universal basic income and, you know, talking about how like people want to work. Um, especially when they're putting something into a society where they're getting something back. Um, but like if we didn't, if people didn't have to, (laughs) you know, and I'm not giving an opinion on this. I'm just talking about the thing, you know, but they were like, sad that you have to put that disclaimer, huh? Yeah. (laughs) What kind of, um, what kind of society will we have? What kind of things would we create? What kind of people would we raise? Like if we weren't so worried about, I've got to go to work so that I don't starve yeah. or become homeless. Like, or my kids actually have a shot to make it to college. Yeah. Yeah. Like what, what kind of world would we live in now? How do we get there? I don't know, but it was just an interesting question that I thought was, was posed and well, it got me kind of daydreamy. I <laughs> thought a lot about this actually. And, um, it would, I wish it, I wish there was a way to study this like in real life instead of just doing thought experiments. But Think about this. How many people hate their job? Most everybody. Yeah, like I would say a good like 75 to maybe 80% of people like either they don't they like the kind of work they do but they hate the job that they have. Um Right, or like having to like relying on that. You yeah. know what I mean like like enjoying you you like what you do but you don't get to enjoy it because you have to do it Mm -hmm. yeah and with like say if everybody had if there was universal basic income and everybody had the opportunity to survive without working then you would have i think better like you you go to a burger joint right and the people that are there want to be there and they love cooking you're gonna have better burgers um you know you go to the hair salon, the person that's there loves cutting hair. Doesn't have to do it to make money. Just wants to cut hair. You're, you know, you're going to have a better experience. I think it would be like a weird, like, like it would be almost like a reversal of roles. Like, you would have more arts. Like the arts would be lucrative. I think people that yeah. were in the art world, like, and I'm not just talking about like canvas and paint, but I'm talking about like you know spoken word and all this other stuff and entertainment. I think would be the most lucrative jobs. Yeah. I was talking to someone about that here recently. I was like, you know, none of the burgers here in Paul's Valley taste as good as they did in Louisiana. Yeah. I said, you know, the people here, they don't cook with a passion. They cook because, you know, I wake up, I have to go to work. Here's, you know, mm-hmm. and that's, Louis- why, that's why food trucks have been so yeah. good because the, usually the people that own that are trying, they, they do it because they love it. Mm-hmm. Right. So continue. I didn't mean to interrupt no, you. No, I was no. just trying to I add mean, that, to that. that. That was my full idea. Yeah. Thought. It's it's cool though. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just like you know rose colored glasses towards the idea. But I think you know if you can make money off of what you love, mm-hmm. why? And money wasn't an option. What would you be doing right now? You know, like. Right. Well, and then I, you know, I always think of, and it kind of goes back into the the minimum wage thing. Then you have like incentives, like your knowing your boss 
not my, I, I'm not speaking from my experience because yeah. I work in the public sector and it's a completely different mm-hmm. yeah. But like, if you work for a corporation, they're not, you know, they're going to be like the things that people claim that Amazon makes them do, like pee in bottles, standing yeah. up so they don't lose their stuff because they know that you don't have to have that job to live. Yeah. So your employment is going to get better because they're trying to keep you. Right now, everyone really is replaceable because everyone has, either they either have to work or they have to be okay yeah. not having things. Yeah, <laughs> and I think people that own businesses would be more likely to appreciate their workers because not, not necessarily because they want to, but because they have to. Because if you don't have to work, then your business could be over if you're not treating your employees good. Exactly. And that's kind and of I what you're saying, I think. Exactly. Yeah, and I think that's a lot of what people miss when we talk about, because, well, I, at least from my experience, it very much seems like we as a culture are like, you got to work. You just got to, you got to do things. You got to make people money. You got to work. There's yeah. no choice. Like if you don't, if you don't have a job and you're not producing anything essentially for someone else, then you're a scourge on society yeah. when it's just not, it's not like that. And it's almost like, I don't know. It's just like a weird mindset that we've got in where like we have to serve the economy God, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and I think that's a lot of the reason the, we, we're in the economic mess that we're in and that the working population is depressed and tired and there's limited upward mobility. And uh, I could talk about this for several more hours so <laughs> yeah. I don't get myself in trouble. <laughs> hey, part, part three is coming, you guys. <laughs> but yeah, um, it, it's just, it's bizarre because, you know, if you think back to like our grandparents, right? Um, and I know that it's like kind of a touchy subject and not, it wasn't for every household, but a lot of times the man worked, right? right. But because you could afford for that to happen, women didn't need to work. They didn't need exactly. to be dual incomes. And there was more, um, like if you look back at like some of the old pictures of like sulfur and like, um, places like that, that had like these natural, you know, places that everybody went, they had, spas and resorts and there was like that place in salt lake city that was like its own town around the salt lakes and stuff because you could afford to go on vacation a couple times a year like yeah it, it wasn't like let's save for four years to go to disney and ride three rides because that's all we can afford but like um you know people got away they they were able to escape without breaking their bank. Like they didn't have to, they still had retirement. They still had kids had college money. They didn't have to tap into that, you know? And then if their tire blew on the way to work, like you have a nest egg, but nowadays like you have to have two incomes and then hope to God that, you know, you get bonuses and stuff and that your insurance doesn't rake you over the coals and all this your mortgages and all this stuff. And it's just, it's almost so expensive that you almost need to like have a third, third, you know, income, like a hobby or something that makes money. And that's just sad. 
it very much feels like getting ahead um, is temporary. Yeah. Always temporary. That's what these stimulus checks are to me is like. Just a breath above water before yeah. you go right back under. For yeah. everybody, it seems like it's just like this shiny beacon that we're being handed, but it's not real. It's, you know, fool's gold and it's going to be like, yes, I can finally breathe. And then, you know. Yeah. So now <laughs> you're going to, you know, and you can call it a conspiracy or whatever, but they called uh, later or earlier this month um, it a crisis because people weren't having babies as much, like our generation. Um, and so they, they were saying it's a national, like it's a worldwide crisis. Oh. And um, I was like, and now they're giving child credits monthly. And I was like, hmm, <laughs> sounds like incentives yeah. for people to start making babies. <laughs> yeah, but I saw a, a meme the other day that it was like, you know, boomers and Gen Xers don't have <laughs> don't have babies before you can afford them. And it was like millennials and Gen Zers like, okay. And then the, the other face got like really mad. <laughs> yeah. like, well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, our whole life we was told like, overpopulation exactly. and worldwide hunger like don't have more than two children and all this stuff and then it seems like nowadays it's like get out there and screw yeah please have babies <laughs> so the world doesn't shrivel up and die <laughs> yeah. we need uh, enough people to send to mars <laughs> <laughs> but anyways i think it all boils down to the fact that nobody really knows you know what's going to happen next and Common decency is key. We thought our parents had it all figured out, and I think now that we're our parents' age when we were born, we're like, oh, crap, they didn't know anything. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a 30-year-old, and I still don't feel like an adult adult. Like, to me, when I was younger, adults were 36. Thanks. Right. And now (laughs) that I'm 30, adults aren't, you know, adults are like 50. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So it's, yeah, it's like, man, you know, I, I'm a, legally an adult, but I am mentally still like in my early twenties. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that turns out. I guess <laughs> <laughs> my children hopefully are not going to be like, well, I told them daddy has to work, you know, when they asked me to stay home and now I'm like, Daddy has to work to pay for all your therapy because I've probably oh, screwed God. you up. <laughs> but anyway, but well, um, I think we've got about two hours and nine minutes in. Yeah, we so, did excellent. Uh, it's always fun talking to you, and I think the only problem that we have when we have you on is the fact that we don't have enough time yeah, to Tom talk. Was <laughs> To ever nobody's get nobody's gonna want to listen to like a five hour podcast. Yeah. I, hey, I would, <laughs> but Absolutely. I'm a weirdo. I listen to it when I'm like washing dishes or when I'm walking or whatever. It's usually right before I go to bed. So yeah. when I listen to podcasts, just yeah, he puts relax. us on yeah. because it puts him to sleep because it's so boring. <laughs> Sweet dreams, Joshua. <laughs> Good night, little Josh. <laughs> it's ASMR with Josh and Aaron. Oh no. <laughs> The, yeah, you gotta have to get acrylics and tap on everything. Yeah, yeah. but ours would all be like, like I'm fat, so I'd be like, "This is me unwrapping a chocolate bar." Oh, <laughs> this is me overeating and then doubting myself, <laughs> and then being depressed. So then I get hungry again. <laughs> I'm gonna whisper my 
my negative self-confidence. <laughs> <laughs> <I t> <laughs> negative ASMR. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's a niche that's not filled, so there where go. there we go. You know, there we go. I found it, my market. It, how dare you, you little fat boy. <laughs> <laughs> Every 18 seconds, a million people die. Yeah. <laughs> Just, aren't you depressed? Maybe you should go grab another chocolate bar. <laughs> Let me unwrap it for you. Here we go. And then <laughs> Krispy Kreme is on sale right now. Yeah. You know that if you lay in bed long enough, your problems will just go away. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you've got so much you've got this this like list everything off that you have to do today it's like or, that's a lot of things now take a nap and don't do any of them yes. and then hate yourself later now that is, is not my later. plan exactly for after this <laughs> yeah. take a self-loathing nap <laughs> wake up and feel worse than you started <laughs> yeah that's the goal. That's that's the life right there. The life of a you know mid mid middle class American, just surviving, depressed, naps, and then guilt you know from taking naps and being lazy Chocolate because water. you didn't do anything that you thought you would do today, and then eating because you're depressed, getting fat, and then being depressed depressed that you're fat, so you eat more. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> It's a fun spiral, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gotta love it. Yeah, it's it's a thing. <laughs> the struggle's real, but thank you so much for being on with us today. Oh, I appreciate it. Anytime. Absolutely. I always love this. <laughs> I feel like we lost a part of, you know, our show by not getting that other recorded. Um, but we can always bring it back for part three. Absolutely. Yeah. We, we talked sure. to, just for y'all at listening, we we discussed uh, bean dip um, in a giant tub and wizards. So just mm -hmm. let that kind of soak in. We're not going to tell you the context either. No. Yeah, let that soak no. in and we'll explain on part three. We'll open oh, with great. it again. <laughs> well, have yeah. a, a lovely afternoon, Meg. Um, thank you. Nice thank you. Much thank for you for being on. Yeah, we appreciate it. And like I said, we'll have to get with you and plan out like a Monday call-in scenario and and just let it kind of evolve from there. Absolutely. I love that. All righty, we'll talk to you later. All right, you guys have a good weekend. You, you too. too. Bye. Bye. Well, that was Meg Ray. Um, she lives in Winniewood, Oklahoma. She's a librarian over there in that small town. Small town witch. Yeah, <laughs> we grew up together, me and her, and I think Josh grew up around her. Yeah, uh, my youngest brother was her age, but our families grew up together, so. Yeah, so, yeah, we always love talking to her. She's a fellow nerd, and, and um, she's kind of like a fan of all the stuff we dig, so it's always the hardest part, like we said with her, is to, you know, make this not like a five-hour thing. Absolutely. So, thanks for tuning in. Go check us out on Patreon. Help us keep the lights on. And, uh, Josh, where can they uh, find our uh, Facebook live? Like, I mean, like, what, what time and what day? Mondays, 7 p.m. Central. Yeah, so. And then we're also on Spotify and iTunes yeah. and Anchor. YouTube. Uh, Instagram, Twitch, all the places. All and, the places. And we're going to start hitting those pretty hard. Uh, we'll have a lot of new content. We've got so many plans. We do. We have a whole lot of plans. Yeah. We were talking video, you know, not 
uh, too long from here. And when we have people in the studio, we're going to have video going. So we'll have a video pod as well. Um, I'm not quite sure how to post those on anchor, but we will figure it out and get it done. If it can't get done, we'll talk to people. We'll get it done. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk to the anchor people. Be like, hey, anchor people, this is us, and we need this done, so make it happen. Snap, snap. <laughs> <laughs> I like how I said snap, snap, instead of actually <laughs> just doing it. <laughs> please, uh, please don't cancel us, anchor yeah. we, Hasht- lo- we need you and love you. Hashtag cancel diner discussions oh, no. 2021. No, but thanks for listening. We appreciate you. Go check out our sponsors. Um, and... Have an amazing day. I mean, absolutely. Get, get you a chocolate bar, take you a nap. Yeah. And uh, tune in for our next episode. Uh, we're pretty excited we, about all we, the people we have coming on. We should be recording here in a couple of days. Yeah. It's it's going to be busy for a couple of days, but then we'll get a nice little break and then we'll uh, keep pumping these out. So, absolutely. Until next time, I'm Aaron. I'm Josh, and this has been Dyer Discussions Live.